Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Microbes at Work. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's episode is being released in conjunction with a white paper that discusses the effects that microbial treatments can have on scale and corrosion in injection systems. We'll be discussing a lot of main points and research that was done for that project here on the show today with Bill Lance, the CEO of JGL Solutions. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you, sir. And we're also joined today by Paul Wiseman, the president of fit to print Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. And I'm excited to have both of you on here with us today. So Paul, I want to start off just by introducing you to the audience a little bit. You have a lot of experience writing about the oil and gas industry. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you approached writing this white paper. Sure. Uh, I've been writing in the oil and gas industry since 1995. I started by working uh, on a contract basis with the Midland Reporter Telegram. And they have a, uh, an oil and gas related page, which is unique in the oil, uh, in, in the newspaper industry. And so that was where I, I began to write in the oil and gas industry. And, and now I, I write to, with a, for a lot of different publications and, and help a lot of different people with uh, things like uh, I did with Bill and, and his group with the, the white paper. Um, uh, I, I tell people that I know a little bit about a wide variety of things all the way from, from transportation uh, midstream to uh, service industry and that sort of thing, which is where I connected with Bill. So uh, doing white papers is just part of, of getting information out about uh, what people are, are doing in the industry. And I was really excited to be able to work with Bill because this is a kind of a unique niche. Uh, a lot of people are doing chemicals and a lot of other things. There's not very many people doing microbes. And so it, it's I, I, one of the things I like is to be able to tell stories that not everybody's heard. And this is definitely in that category. Absolutely. So Bill, what made Paul the right person to, to partner with to, to write this white paper? Uh, you know, just his uh, knowledge, his experience, uh, you know, just working with him, some of the questions he would ask, you could tell he knew what he was talking about. Um, I think perfect fit for us and uh, excited about the white paper. thought it was well done. And, you know, and this podcast, I think is going to bring to light some things. So I'm kind of excited about it as well. I am excited about it as well. So let's let's dive into the topics discussed in the white paper uh, that we're going to be discussing here on the podcast today. Like I mentioned, we're talking about scale and corrosion in injection systems. So Bill, start us off and tell us a little bit more about the effects that scale and uh, and corrosion can have um, in injection systems on flow lines, tanks, filters, and, and downhole injection sites. Just uh, give, give us an, a sense of what effects this has. Yeah, you know, scale, a lot of, you know, people not familiar in the oil field, you know, the way I try to describe it is, you know, everybody's seen hard water on their glasses, you know, uh, from from just their drinking water. And, you know, it, it puts a little film on their glass or whatever, hard to clean, hard to keep off. You know, the scale, the, the scale that scale is what that is. And it happens in the oil field just, you know, times 100. So that little thin film might be an inch thick in a flow line after time. And, uh, you know, it, it messes with everything. It makes everything not function as well. It plugs up injection wells and flow lines and pumps. 
And, you know, with, with disposals and water floods, <clears throat> when the operators produce a well and they start producing fluid, it has to have a place to go. And if you lose your disposal, now you got to shut your field in because you have no place to put the water that comes with the, the oil production. A lot of people don't understand that. They think a producer just produces oil, but usually it produces a lot more water than it does oil, and you got to go somewhere with it. You don't you shut in and that's no good for anybody so we're you know scale's a big problem you know and corrosion right along with it uh, most oil fill waters are very corrosive and uh, in general disposals and water floods inherently bring in a lot of oxygen oxygen is just a catalyst uh, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire when talking about corrosion it just exponentially increases corrosion so that's another thing uh, that that each pumps up each injection lines tubing at great expense to the operator so those two things in general and not even talking about hydrocarbon carryover which is another thing we address and i'm sure we'll get into today right so paul is what bill describing is that also what you found just in terms of um some of the uh primary downsides and and effects of of scale and corrosion is that also what you've noticed just uh, in your research and in talking about this uh, generally in the industry yes i think over the years people have tried a lot of different solutions for this and i've worked with people that had uh, varying solutions and it's it's an ongoing issue uh some basins are worse than others and some have different problems but it all comes down to uh oil is a, a you know in most basins you produce a lot more water than you do oil and that water is very uh dirty it's got a lot of stuff in it and trying to to keep that from clogging everything up is, is, a, is a i mean i guess that's one of the longest running problems in the oil industry Absolutely. So, Bill, you mentioned water being one of the primary causes of, of corrosion. Tell me a little bit about the, the culprits that cause scale and some of the things that, that are going on that, that make that happen. Uh, just give us the, the background on how, how scale is caused. Yeah, you know, it's ions in the water. Calcium is one of the most common um, and with carbonate usually. So calcium carbonate, those two things get together in the water and if you get enough of them or they're saturated, they start precipitating out and usually up on surface in the tanks, in the injection lines, you start getting this happen. There's, there's another type, which is a calcium sulfate, different type scale. Uh, you see that out in West Texas a lot, along with calcium carbonate. There's even a, it's more of a corrosion uh, scale, iron sulfide, but it, it, it acts just like a scale. It, it covers and coats things and plugs things up. That's another one. Iron oxide's another solid that's produced uh, from iron in the water combining with oxygen, which you just get all these different facets, um, different waters together that have the different ions in them, and they start mixing together, and, and then you have the bad things happen. Mm. 
Absolutely. So we, we heard Paul mention earlier just that what JGL is doing is unique in, in using microbial treatments rather than chemicals and, and that sort of thing. So Bill, I wanted to come to you first just to hear you know what some of the drawbacks are to treating scale and corrosion with kind of the, the standard, the industry standard use of chemicals and, and things along those lines. What are some of the primary drawbacks of, of doing that and maybe the negative side of going that route? Yeah, you know, with chemical, it's always about parts per million. So the more volume you mess with or inject or handle, the higher the parts per million of chemical that you have in there to address whatever scale it is. And that's another thing a little different than us is for each type of scale or problem, whether it's iron or calcium carbonate, iron oxide, iron sulfide, calcium sulfate, you have to have a particular chemical for that. And really all they're doing is chelating it, which just means they're tying up those ions where they don't come together and uh, form this scale, which is effective if they use enough. You know, I've found out it becomes so expensive, they will use less than's necessary to meet, you know, the budget, if you will. And and, uh, so you get not so good results you know, and they, they end up having pressures come up and have to acidize and things like that where, you know, with the microbes, you know, we blend everything and we cover all the conditions, no matter if it's iron, calcium carbonate, you know, we have our microbes blended already that, that cover those particular scales. And ours also uh, not only chelates it, which prevents it from forming, but they also break down existing scales. So you're getting two things going on there at once, uh, which is a big plus over over chemical. Uh, chemicals toxic. Uh, almost every chemical is toxic. You know, they have little catch basins if they're injecting into, continuously that they have to put on the site just in case they any drips off of, out of a line because it, it's toxic. It's bad for the environment. And, you know, there's some penalties for spilling that where ours, there is none. It's it's not regulated because it's so safe. You know, you can dump it in a river, on the ground, in a creek, and no cleanups required. So big edge there as well. Right. And, and Paul, I, I suppose from your perspective, you were talking about how people um, generally use chemicals, right? That That's kind of the the, the way that, that lots of people have done things over the years. Did it surprise you at all um, to maybe see some of the downsides of that and, and to see the effects that microbials can have, uh, you know, fighting against the same sorts of, of scale and corrosion? Well, it's interesting that uh, well, when they contacted me, uh, Microbes were not a new thing to me. I had worked with some people about 20 years ago that were doing microbial remediation of a couple of different things. One was salt. They had salt-eating microbes they could put in a field that had been contaminated. And then others were using microbes probably similar to the ones that Bill uses for to remediate spills like on driveways and, and things like that. So uh, I had not worked with anybody doing microbes in, in a long time. So yeah, I always thought I always thought it was a great idea. As Bill and I were talking the other day, that these microbes he uses are in or down hole already, just not in large enough quantities to to do what he gets them to do. So you know, some people raise uh, chickens or goats or horses. He raises microbes, and he's uh, got a way to help them 
uh, grow in sufficient quantities to, to make them actually uh, way more effective down hole. So this is something that, like I said, is already there. He's just figured out how to make it more effective. And so it wasn't new to me, but it's a very exciting concept, uh, as he was talking about for its safety and its effectiveness. Bill, let me pivot back over to you and just talk a little bit more about the benefits of utilizing microbes. Something we've talked a little bit about in the past, but it's specifically when we're fighting um, you know, and, and battling against scale and corrosion and those sorts of things. Um, talk to me about the benefits of utilizing microbes in, in this process. Well, uh, you know, I was noticing Paul, when he was talking about in the past, you know, some microbes for cleaning up a driveway and things. You know, back a ways back, most of the microbes were aerobic microbes, which just means they have to have oxygen to survive. So they do good on the surface. When he was talking about us going down hole and doing, mm-hmm. you know, different things there, um, just that whole side of it, he didn't realize that we basically do the same thing chemicals do. We do it with microbes and, uh, and you know, ours are facultative anaerobes, which just means they can utilize an aerobic pathway or anaerobic and survive. And the good thing they do is use the aerobic pathway first. So they tend to remove all the oxygen out of the system or, you know, dwindle it way down and then they'll go anaerobic, uh, which is a big plus. And, you know, downhole, you don't have oxygen anyway, so they'll go ahead and survive downhole and continue to do their cleanup process. and and whatever it is else they're in there to do, like an MEOR where we're trying to enhance production that continues on because of this ability. So can you tell us a a little bit, um, uh, Paul, just about how these microbial treatments are performed and and what you observed uh, in terms of of how these things take place? Well, Bill's really the expert on that, but um, it was... What I, I saw from, the, especially from the customer testimonials, was that they're very effective. They're they're saving the the, the customers large percentages of of their investment for uh, cleaning not only the tanks but all the flow lines and pumps and everything uh, involved in in the water flow. Mm. Absolutely. So, uh, Bill, tell us a little bit about how how microbial treatments are performed um, and, and give us some background there into how this actually takes place. Right. You know, one of the reasons uh, and kind of a difference in chemicals and one of the reasons we're a lot of times a lot more cost effective is because the microbes reproduce. So really what we're trying to do in any application at any site, whether it's a well whether it's a disposal system or a water flood or even a frack tank, we're actually going in with billions and billions of microbes to establish a colony at some certain spot in the system. So what we're counting on them is to attach to surfaces, start reproducing. You know, there's formulas that we come up with based off retention time. We sample the water, there's hostility factor where some waters or fluids are more hostile than others you've got to take that into account with your formula so if you look at the volume the retention time this hostility factor all of that comes to a certain amount of uh, initial microbes that you 
treat with and how often you do it to maintain about a million cells per milliliter of fluid. And if you think about how much that is, it's a lot, you know, milliliter of fluid with a million cells and it's 24 seven. So that's what we're trying to achieve. So when we go in and for instance, uh, water flood, you know, if, uh, if we, if I had a brand new clean system, I'd go back as far as I could in that system, maybe even the knockout and start a colony there. And what they're going to do is start attaching to surfaces throughout that system and reproducing. And once we get it, we get it going, they're going to, they're going to maintain that all the way throughout the system, help clean it or keep it clean. And, and the same with injection lines all the way down to the injectors, you're going to have all the time this, these microbes coming at it. And, uh, you know, the, the other side is when a system's dirty, they're going to clean it up. So we might be a little different where we start just for the cleanup side of it, but we end up in the back as far back as we can go producing wells. We use quite a bit of, uh, treatment, uh, really to utilize hydrostatic head to push our treatment back in the formation. So we're actually setting our colonies up in that formation. And we found real good results you know, doing that. Just, it's just a lot more effective. So wherever you go, you're setting up colonies and, and, and uh, allowing them to reproduce and go do their thing. So, Paul, you mentioned field studies and talking to people who have implemented microbial treatments and, and utilized them um, in their operations. Tell me about some of the things that you learned uh, just from being out in the field, talking to people. Uh, what was some of the feedback that you got on, on how this works and, and, and what this actually does in practice? Well, I think a lot of the people, uh, as I uh, saw, as I talked to people, they saved a lot of time and money on treatments, the the tank bottoms and the flow lines cleaned up. And I, some of the some of them saved like fifty percent on tank cleaning, and they, they their injection pressures uh, went up. Uh, the pressures went down, and the flows went up uh, based on their microbe use. And they were very excited about it. Uh, uh, most that I saw, they had started in one area, and they had. Uh, uh, they'd gotten even better results than they expected all the way through. So it's very, the people that actually put it into place in their fields are very excited about how it works for them because it does save them. I mean, right now, uh, producers are in a bind. They're, they're needing more cash flow. They're needing to reduce expenses. They're needing to improve uh, production. And this is something that gets all of that done. It it, it reduces their, their work over costs and, and stuff like that with the, injection wells and in water floods it can help them get more production so and it's as bill said it's non-toxic and the, the treatments are uh, very cost effective so it, it's a perfect thing to 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 give a try to and like i said most people that try it are excited and want to do more of it so paul i'll put you on the spot a little bit it it sounds like the benefits are numerous. You know, you you save money. It's an effective way to to go about utilizing and, and reducing scale and corrosion and all of these sorts of things. 
why doesn't everyone do it? What are some of the what are some of the object, objectives to it, if there are any? And um, how do people justify not using microbes at this point? Because it sounds to me like it's a win all around. Well, to some of them, they just haven't heard of it. it it's still there, there's not big companies, uh, uh, majors that are you know, like the, the the big service companies that are doing it yet, at least not to any real extent. I, I think there there's a lot of inertia, and I hear this uh, in probably. The oil and gas industry is really strong, and we've always done it another way. Mm-hmm. And anybody, and, and many times they've been burned. There have been other people maybe that have tried some form of microbes that didn't work, or they weren't done right, or something like that. So then you end up with this thing where, well, I did that before. Well, you didn't do this before. You did something that was called this. And so there's always resistance to change, but I also see nowadays the oil and gas industry is undergoing all kinds of change and some of the resistance to to new things is breaking down because it has to if we keep doing it the way we've been doing it uh especially during the the ups and downs of of the industry we're going to go out of business a lot have because they didn't adapt and change and look at new things and so there's so many people doing research on all kinds of new procedures in different areas in technology we have we have a lot of input from from technology these days we didn't have before. And so I think some of that resistance is breaking down, but there are still people that, because they haven't heard of it, and like I said, one thing the white paper does is explain how this works. If we could get this white paper and maybe even this podcast and some other information out to people and let them take a few minutes to study it. And I think one of the things that, that Bill's people say is, give me your hardest well, give me your biggest problem. If we can solve that, then surely we can solve your other issues. Give it a try. Uh, the proof is, I know to use the old saying, the proof is in the pudding. And in this case, it's in the, the descaling. And so uh, the, the, if people would open their mind just a little bit, they'd be surprised at what it would do for them. That's a great point and really well said. And uh, yeah, the the old adage, the proof is in the, the descaling. You know, we've been saying that for years. But um, uh, Bill, react a little bit to what you heard from Paul, just in terms of uh, of how the industry can and needs to change in, in terms of how they approach these sorts of things. Right. You know, uh, that was well said, Paul. Uh, and I agree. You know, probably the biggest thing that I, I see is a, at least a hurdle we have to get over one is just getting the word out. Paul was correct in that. But two, the microbes, they they clean up everything. And so what I mean by that, chemicals tend to try to get solids to drop out in the tanks and and not go downhole, which is a that's good. It's just it leaves everything else all nasty and dirty and full of solids and bottoms, you know, like these tanks sometimes have two and three foot of bottoms, you know, and those bottoms are anywhere from scale to iron compounds, hydrocarbons like paraffin and asphaltine. All of that is an issue with these disposals and water floods. And it's what they're trying, they're worried about water quality. It's why they spend so much money on filters uh, because they're, they're trying to get this water quality at a certain point. And, you know, when we go into a system, if it's not a new system or they haven't recently cleaned it out, it has a lot of these buildups in there and the microbes are going to remove them and clean them out. So there's a cleanup period. And if you can get through the cleanup period, um, 
before you get run off, everybody's going to love you. But at the time, you know, everybody thinks, well, these don't work because my millipores might be running a little worse because we're breaking down solids in the system. You know, we did, uh, I had an operator at about 60 disposals we were doing uh, up in Kansas, actually. And uh, we started on that system. You know, I tried to explain our technology as best I could. They gave us uh, about five disposals and saw what we did on them. And uh, and it, everything started looking good, and it, and it was. So they started adding these. But what we found out, um, you know, as we were cleaning these up, after about nine months to 12 months, we finally broke the solids down enough where we got underneath them where they attached you know, whether it's to the bottom of a tank or the side of it, or maybe transfer lines. Well, the microbes finally permeated that scale. It broke it down far enough where they got and started releasing it. So their filter changes went up. They started having to change filters for about 30 days, uh, more than they ever have. And uh, I had predicted this to them so they didn't panic at that moment and, and just kept with the program. and. As soon as we got through that, their filter changes uh, reduced uh, dramatically. You know, they have screens that they, they used to change about once a week and clean out that they they now check about every six months and, and they're still clean. So uh, their acid jobs that they used to have to they average about one and a half a year on that system, on those 60 disposals have virtually been eliminated. I, I think they've maybe done two or three acid jobs in about seven or eight years since we've been on it. You know, we started those back in 07. We're still on that group of uh, disposals, which uh, is kind of unheard of, to, you know, for you certainly don't see chemical companies last with an operator that long and let alone, you know, with some microbes, you know, this company uh, did not, uh, bail out and i've had many bail out they said oh it's quit working you know sometimes the field is looking for a reason they, they think it's snake oil so first negative thing they run you off but if they would just hold on they would see once we get it cleaned up uh, everything's really turns to good and uh, like i said that's our biggest obstacle is getting through that and the microbes are actually doing just what they're supposed to do it's just you got to get through that little period. So, Bill, from from your perspective, then, uh, what do you think it's going to take? Is it, is it just getting the word out and, and getting people to understand, you know, have the right level of expectations like we were talking about? Do you think that once that kind of starts to happen, because Paul was talking about that necessary evolution that needs to happen in the industry, right? Do you think that once people start to see the long-term benefits of this, um, and there's more education around it. Do you think that eventually, you know, we will start to see the industry turn a little bit and, and head in a larger way towards microbes? You know, I do. And I, I think you're already seeing it, but exactly. And, and, you know, as they experience it, you know, I give an example of a water flood. We were treating several of them actually for a company that, you know, was really sold out of the executive office and they got it for the MEOR side of it which is where we actually go out and release residual oil in that formation. You know, in that particular area, there was a tax credit involved with it. If you saw a positive response, 
which they did, and, and they were able to get this tax credit. So for no other reason, that's all they were worried about. You know, on the other side, there's the water quality thing, you know, that where disposal, that's what you're focusing on is water quality. Where a water flood, you still want that, but you're also the, you know, the enhanced production side of it. So these engineers and executives were on the enhanced production side. So they basically told their field, you're going to use this because we want it for this. And uh, the field at first hated us because we were cleaning up their nasty system. That was very uh, low gravity oil that they were producing. So a lot of it was built up in the tanks and flow lines. And we knew it'd take a while to get that cleaned out of there. You know, we always uh, recommend they clean their stuff up before we start, but most of them don't want to go to that expense, have to shut their system in you know, whatever it is they need to do to do that. So we get left with cleaning that up. Anyway, the the field hated us for a while until we finally got it cleaned up. And then we were the best thing since sliced bread. So <laughs> you got to get to that point. And if you ever do, and, and when people realize that and look at it as a long-term solution, you know, chemical, when you go in with chemical, whatever you have when you start is what you get. It, you know, there's, it's parts per million, they put it in, you know, you're getting the full effect right then. With microbes, it's a biological process. There's a lot of things going on. You know, one of them is the breakdown of a scale. The other one is changing paraffin to oil. You know, another part of it is you're removing oxygen out of the system. You have this whole synergy going on and it just gets better as you go, you know, and you know, and we talked about the cleanup there. So. A uh, big difference there between us and chemical, and I think as people understand that, don't have knee-jerk reactions, run you off before you complete that, you know, they're going to be real happy. And, and it's the ones that have done that we've had such long history with. You know, I've got an operator that treats every water flood they have, and I've been working with them since 2007. And it's just a great relationship, but they see the benefits and, you know, don't go run into another chemical company or something to, you know, because it quit working. It's, it's they, they, they wrote out the storm and, and, and they're reaping the benefits of it. Hmm. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff, Bill. Paul, back over to you just for, for anything that you think might, uh, might surprise people about the white paper. Uh, I don't, I, I guess just that, uh, like like Bill said, it, it's it's an alternative to uh, chemicals that people have been using over and over and over again, and that there actually is something else out there that, if they have patience, will will work better in the long term. And and I think having a long term view is everybody's in a hurry these days, and you know, we need these formations to produce for for decades to to really uh, supply the energy needs of the nation. So. If, if they'll look toward the uh, the long-term solution and the ESG aspect that I was talking about earlier, then uh, this this is going to be something that I think they'll they'll be very beneficial. 
So we've talked a lot about the white paper. Uh, guys, where can people go to, to actually read it if they want to dive into to the research and learn more uh, and, and learn more about uh, what Paul found as, as he, he did the research and, and wrote up the white paper. Uh, Paul, where can people go to, uh, to, find, this, uh, to find this document and, and, uh, and find this information? Well, I think, uh, Bill, do you all have that on your website or how would they, uh, I think you can, I think Bill knows more about where that is at, at the moment. Yeah, they, just, uh, you know, you can go to our website, which is jglsolutions.com and it, it will be on there, uh, plus a lot of other information, obviously, but that's, uh, that paper really summarizes what we do and have done real well. It's well written. And I think people relate to it pretty well. So, Excellent stuff. So, guys, before we wrap up today, Paul, I want to kick it to you first. Just for any final thoughts, any conclusions, anything you want to leave our viewers with here today uh, in terms of, uh, of the benefits of utilizing microbes. Um, so let me turn the floor over to you. Any final thoughts that you have before we, uh, we sign off? Anything you want to leave our viewers with? I, th I think it's worth as I said, so many things are changing in the industry right now and people's minds are necessarily being opened to, to doing things differently from what, how they've done them for decades. And this actually has been being used by people for decades. It's just something that hasn't hit the mainstream yet, but uh, it, it's something that uh, it, it, it's more taking a long-term view of producing these formations and, and getting the, not only the water floods, the SWDs and, and all those things treated to, to where they can go about their main business. Their, their job isn't changing filters. Their job isn't uh, cleaning out tanks. Their job is producing oil and handling the byproducts of the water. And so doing a proper treatment like microbes lets them do their main job, which is producing oil. Yeah, let me add to that. Uh, I thought that's interesting what Paul just said about letting them do their jobs because we have a employee that we actually used to work for. We, we treated his disposals and I think he liked it so much he ended up coming to work for us. So he said that before. I've heard him say that many times. Part of his, uh, you know, his spiel when he goes into an operator is that very thing. You can instead of messing with all this stuff, you know, once the microbes get your system clean, it frees you to do what really you should be doing out there, which is trying to keep production up and maintaining the equipment uh, mechanically, just keep it functioning and not have to worry about, you know, the treating side of it. And uh, that's exactly what we see. It's the point he makes real well. And a uh, very good point there, Paul, on that. And you know, and I think just uh, trying it, these companies will try it, you know, starts off with us uh, going to a site and evaluating sampling. We can tell you what our exact costs are. Uh, we don't charge for that and uh, be glad to do it. We're, you know, in about nine states right now. So we, we've got most of the oil field covered around the mid-continent area and, you know, and even branching out in the Rockies a little bit, uh, Gulf Coast. So, if uh, you know, give us a shout. And we can, uh, you know, maybe help you out. Yeah, I got that information from the gentleman you're talking about. So <laughs> it yeah, wasn't okay. original. It was a great point. 
Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Bill Lance, CEO of JGL Solutions and Paul Wiseman, president of fit to print Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here for this episode of Microbes at Work and sharing a little bit more about the research that Paul has done in the white paper that you now have up on JGLSolutions.com. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I have enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Microbes at Work. Of course, we appreciate you joining us very much. Stay tuned for more insight and analysis and, uh, and expert uh, opinions from the folks at JGL Solutions. Make sure to visit jglsolutions.com to, to read that white paper, to review everything that we've discussed here on the podcast today, and, uh, and look a little bit more into what Paul has written up there. It's really, really fantastic stuff. You want to make sure to go check that out as well. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast but for this one for my guests once a day once once again today bill and paul i've been your host tyler kern thanks for joining us